0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20-minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call, and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by the one and only Chantelle Cornelius welcome thank you Amy lovely to see you how are you doing I'm really well thank you and when I say the one and only obviously there is only one of you but I think there is actually only one Chantel Cornelius is that not right it's not quite right it's very nearly I have
1: found I think four others on LinkedIn with the spelling that I have I I have the French spelling C-H-A-N-T-A-L which apparently is quite unusual so yeah there are there are four or five of us I'm the only one in the UK the others are in oh various other parts of the, parts of the world. So, yeah.
0: Okay, well let's see how many other yeah. Chantelle Cornelis's I can get on the show, but you are the first. <gasps> Woohoo, That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All good. So, what is it you're, you're up to at the moment? What
1: am I up to? Lovely question. I I've been running my business Apple Tree for twenty two and a bit years. And it, it's 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 evolved. It's it's quite an exciting stage now because I am writing my third book. I've written two books already about marketing. Uh, my third one is about the the emotions behind why people buy, in in a nutshell. And it's 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 a labour of love at the moment. I'm about halfway through it, but it's going to be published uh, in 2023. So within the next sort of six or eight months of of, of talking to you now. I am also reshaping part of my business. I do a lot of mentoring with clients, which I love doing. I advise them on their marketing and guide them on the right direction to go. I'm looking to be working with some bigger businesses and be speaking and training more on the emotional work that I'm researching for, for for my book and doing a lot more speaking on that. So that's uh we're 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 January now when we're having this conversation and I spent quite a bit of time already this month planning for the rest of this year looking at looking at where to go and what to do and how to do it so that's that's all been quite fun busy
0: marketing how did you even start with marketing
1: another great question I fell off a horse and fell into a job in marketing I went to university and did agriculture because I was convinced that was what I wanted to do. And I got halfway through the three-year course and thought, actually, I don't think this is what I'm meant to be doing. I spent more time riding horses in my final year than than studying. And so I went off to train to be a riding instructor when I finished. And my thought was, "I'll, I'll just do this for a year until I figure out what to do with my life. And one year turned into three. And by the end of that, I had actually become sick of being bitten trodden on kicked bucked off other people's horses and so i jacked it all in and i actually went to do a training course in oxford where i was living on how to how to use a computer how to touch type i was in my mid 20s i suppose i i it was in the mid 90s And I hadn't really used a computer. And all the jobs said, well, you have to be able to touch type and use a word processor. So I went and learned how to do things like Word and Excel. And the place where I was doing the training, the guy who ran it also owned a private business college in Oxford. And he saw me there one day. I'd been helping out. I'd been writing some press releases for them and doing posters. And he said, do you want a job in marketing? And I was completely out of the blue. And I said, I've never done it before. And he said, I'll train you. And one of the courses we ran at the college was the Chartered Institute of Marketing Diploma. So I went through that part time and actually one day went, oh, oh, I quite like this. I think this is maybe what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's that's how I got into marketing. And I worked for a couple of different companies for about five years until 2000 when I decided to
0: set up my own business. And what I love is that you could never quite let go of the agricultural element by calling it apple tree marketing. The, the
1: apple tree actually came because the house I was living in, when I set the business up, we had we had a massive ancient apple tree in the garden. And a friend of mine had said, well, you need a, a company name that begins with A, because then you'll be at the top of the, all the alphabetical listings. It doesn't always work because sometimes they list you by person's name or surname or whatever. And I was literally sitting in the garden one day thinking, what on earth do I call my business? And I was sitting on the grass under the apple tree and I looked up and went, oh, apple tree. There we go. I also wanted a name that didn't say anything about what I did. I started out in the business as a freelance copywriter and I wanted a name that I could could be flexible. It was also fun because I've, I had a logo designed. It's a green tree with a blue apple and I've had that logo for over 22 years and I'm never going to change it and it's it's been it's been fun using the blue and green because it's marketing it's all about standing out and doing something different so yeah apple tree's been been kind of handy and then 16 years ago I moved to a new house that was already called Apple Tree Cottage so I saw the photo saw the name and said that's my house I'm having it and I've I've been here ever since my office is in the garden and I'm never leaving. And I have five apple trees here, which is why this place
0: was called Apple Tree I love that. I love and I love it. It's very Newtonian to be sitting under a tree and looking up and and <laughs> have this epiphany moment of yeah. of the business oh, name. Yeah. But well, but then is it? But then is it sort of the coincidence or serendipity that you then spy a house with the same name? I mean, it it was obviously meant to be, right? Yeah, I'm
1: I'm a big believer in serendipity. And I had a friend at the time who was, at the time she was an estate agent, and I said to her what I, I had on my shopping list of a three bedroom house with a with a stable and a paddock for the horse and, and an office space and and and, and space for, for um garage and what have you. And and she came to me one day, about six months after I'd given her that list and she said, I found it. It's not even on the market yet, but it's, I found it, and here are the photos, and it's called Apple Tree Cottage. And the the, the guy we bought it from, he was going to sell it, but it took a year before we could move in, because he was umming and ahhing, he was building another house. But I fell in love with it, not just from the name, it just came, came down here for the first time and completely fell in love with it. And that passion and that positivity is what got us here, because he kept saying, Oh, you can't have it for another five years. I, I, need, I need to build my new house or you can have it, but you can rent it from me or you can buy it. And then I'm going to rent it back from you for five years. And Oh, there were all sorts of possible snags and hiccups. And at every turn, I, whenever anyone said things like, well, we may maybe we can't afford it. Maybe it's not going to happen. I said, I don't care. We're having that house. I was I was utterly determined. So there's some serendipity and there's some um determination thrown in that yeah, I was I was gonna move here.
0: And what I just picked up on there is that you're currently writing a book about the emotions behind why people buy. Mm-hmm. Now your house was an emotional purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. I didn't
1: you've just made me realise I probably need to write about my book in in I write about my house in book. I did write about it in my second book, which is about my first 10 years in business, but it probably needs to go go in there as well. Because, yeah, I, I suspect that a lot of the book is all about how in business we need better ways of standing out and showing how we're different to our competitors. Old fashioned marketing says, well, you have to say that you're better or cheaper or faster or the only one or whatever and where there is a massive gap, I think, is the emotional connection, and even estate agents are missing it, because they don't talk enough about, but they use the word property, which I hate, would you like to come and view the property? No, I'd like to come and view my potential new home, and so writing about the emotions, you know, I've always focused on working with service businesses, and actually estate agents, they are, they are, yes, you're buying a house, but it's a service, so yeah, maybe I need to, oh, there's another story. I can write about estate agents as well and and how, how you can use these emotional connections, these emotional strategies to help people buy houses and to sell them the right ones.
0: So they are strategies. And knowing that people are using them, these strategies to market their business, how do we spot them as a consumer? And how do we... Tap into where they might be wanting to connect to us for a good reasons, but also avoid the ones where we are being emotionally misguided. Okay.
1: What I've what I found very interesting is that most businesses are not using any sort of or the right amount of emotional connection to make their business stand out. They are very old-fashioned, very feature-driven there may be some benefits thrown in you know, the benefit of buying this product or service is but there's far too much about features uh, it's it's blue it costs this much it's this big what the work the work that i what i want to do really is get my book to service businesses to help them to stand out help them to get that emotional connection across so yeah as a, as a consumer you probably won't see very many service businesses at all using any sort of emotional connection in order to help them stand out you know you we we had a we had a plumber here recently and he his company name is taps and toilets we had a leaking system that's what we needed. and that's we found him online but there was nothing in his marketing that said I will come, I will get the job done, I will fix it, I will go away and leave you in peace. And that is the emotional connection I call certainty. And I I could see that that's what he could be promoting on, but he just talked about taps and toilets and and cisterns and pipes and you know all the all the technical stuff of of Lou's, which I'm not really interested in. I just wanted it fixed. So on the whole, you at the moment you won't see this. Around, what you will see is people using kind of the negative emotions or using it a bit manipulatively. It happens a lot where, you know, for instance, an insurance company might talk about the disaster of your home burning down, and they they try to sell to us on the kind of the shock factor. Whereas actually, if they were talking to us about how much our homes mean to us and how much we love them. And how devastated we might be if we lost our home through flood or fire, that would be a better way of doing it. But yet at the moment, I don't see very much of it at all, which is why so I have to write this book and get it out there to the world.
0: So you talked about things being benefit driven or feature driven. Mm. Let's talk about purpose driven, because that's why we're here. We're talking about purpose. And it sounds like this is what your book is driving you from that position of purpose.
1: It, it is, because a few years ago, I worked out with the help of a brilliant coach that my purpose, the reason I'm here is to help and support other people. It's what I do. And there are all sorts of different ways in which I can do this. And I, I wrote a book 10, 11 years ago called Magnetic Marketing. And that was great because that was part of my purpose. That helped, That still helps me to help and support other people. But it got to the stage where I wanted to go further. And it was actually one of my business mentors who said, you should be writing more about this, this element of it. So, yeah, it, it does. It does drive me. I'm I'm not expecting to make a million quid from selling this book. I'm hoping to sell a few copies. And but I'm, you know, I'm using it more. I will probably give away far too many copies, but if I can help more small business owners and bigger businesses, too to really work out what makes them different and give them a better sense of where they're going with their business that's good if it also means that more businesses that are emotionally driven and purpose driven if they do better that's great because this this is not material that is for companies that want to make a shed load of money it's for people who want to make a difference whenever i ask my clients i have a process that i I take clients through potential clients and the majority of them who I end up working with, one of their big drivers is they say, I want to make a difference. So my book is about helping them to make a difference. You know, if somebody came to me and said, could you help me make a million? I'd probably go, no. Well, I probably could, but no, that's not what drives me. It's, it's much more about, about helping and supporting people.
0: What does make a difference mean to you?
1: Make a difference is about, it's about more than me. It's about me shining a light on other people. It's I, I had a mentoring call with a client earlier today, and mostly it was supposed to be about marketing, and it was, because that's what I do. But mostly it was about supporting her, motivating her, and help, having her go, oh, I do know what I'm doing with marketing. Right, I'm gonna get back out there and do it. She's had a bit of a bit of a break, been away from business for a while. So making a difference for me is very much on a personal level. I love working one to one with clients and when they have moments where they go, oh, Oh, I get it. Oh, that's what makes me different. Or yes, I can do this. That's that's fabulous. I have a lot of clients who come back to me and tell me about the successes they've had and they tell me about the successes that their clients have had so there's a there's there's a ripple effect going on and that that for me is making a difference so it's not just me sitting here going here's how to do your marketing it's my clients going out and doing great marketing building successful businesses and then them helping other
0: people so yeah ripple ripples out i'm all about ripples that's for sure i love the ripples so fantastic tell me about a little bit more about the how you stay on track the focus element of your purpose
1: it's where i go back to when i have a bit of a wobble when i have a bit of a why am i doing this or oh it's raining again i i have to remind myself that it's all about it's about helping and supporting this this year 2023 is is an interesting one for me because i decided at the very end of last year, actually, that this year would be my year of no. I had a year of yes a couple of years ago and I had all sorts of fun. It was a big, big personal upheaval year for me. Had a lot of fun going off and exploring and doing different stuff. This year, I've realized that I've got an awful lot going on in my life and I actually need to simplify it. So I've got some quite big goals that I want to achieve by the end of this year and the end of the following year. So if somebody comes along to me and says, got this great opportunity, I'm thinking, will it get me to where I want to get to? If yes, then I will explore it. If no, then the answer is no, I'm sorry. It's not for me right now. Which also means that if somebody comes along and says, oh, can you help me do such and such? If it doesn't tie in with my purpose, the answer is very definitely going to be no. I have a, I have a, a, a sheet just over there on the wall in my office that says, I do not work with clients if, and on that list, one one of them is if it's only about the money. You know, somebody might come to me and say, I'm going to pay you £10,000 to do such and such. If it doesn't fit with my purpose, I won't do it. I I do turn work away. I turn businesses away. If I don't want to work with them, if they're not right for me, if they're not sure what their purpose is, or if they're not actually making a difference, I will walk away. So, I have lots of little tools and tricks, but it's for keeping on purpose. But it's mostly thinking, okay, what is my purpose? Why am I doing this? And where am I going with it? And those those two kind of bring me back to go, yes or no.
0: And I have two questions. The first one is, where is it you're going? Where is it you want to go? You mentioned, will it get me to where I want to go? Where is this magical place, Chantal?
1: I knew you were going to ask that. This magical place is Bali. So there is a global speaking conference in Bali, or in I think it's September 2024. I am incredibly lucky in that I get a free ticket to attend. I want more than that, though. I want I want to be there in a bigger capacity. I want to be speaking on stage. I want to be known. I want to be there to help and support people. So that's the that's that's the big two year goal. The big one year goal is publish my book and then be speaking at the Professional Speaking Association's annual conference in October 2023. So I've got, yeah, I've got the two-year goal of Bali. I love the way you said this magical place, because it is. I went years ago when I was 19 and loved it. So we're we're, going to go back. We're going to have a holiday beforehand and then go to the conference. So yeah, that's the the magical place of the the two-year goal. I love that. But but also in that is I... I haven't done an awful lot of travel recently, partly because of lockdowns and COVID and all that, but also because of personal changes. I want to get back into having more adventures and going traveling. So a lot of my business is about working hard, earning the money that I need through supporting other people so that I can go off and have adventures. And if those adventures inspire people, you know, people say, you're going skiing again. That's amazing. Um, and a lot of people find it quite inspiring that that I have lots of holidays, so yeah, lots lots of adventures coming up, lots of magical places to visit.
0: And what would you say the why behind the why of helping and supporting other people? What would you say the reason for that is what drives it? Hmm. Nobody's
1: ever asked me that before. the The reason for the big pause is there there is there is one word that's coming into my head, and that's it's my mum who died. Five and a half years ago she she was a force of nature she was five foot two ferociousness she was just sorry mother but you were um she was just astounding absolutely amazing lady she died way before she should have done but she was she was a massive inspiration to me she had her when we were kids she she had the the, the added hassle of I have a sister and then stepbrothers and sisters, and she, when I was quite little, she had the job of looking after all five of us, which is never, never easy. But she had this motto of of squaddy, s q o d i. Simply no, yeah, simply a question of doing it, something like that. I can't remember the exact letters, but it was simply a question of doing it, squaddy. So if if, and I still get this voice in my head like, how do I do that? Or why should I? Squaddy, just get on with it. You'll find a way. Just, just do it. Mum had lived her life looking after other people. You know, she she divorced my father to keep me and my sister safe. She got a job as a living housekeeper because we were homeless when I was five, and she needed somewhere to 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 for a home, a roof over her head for her little girls. She just she she did so much for us. But she also did so much for everyone else. I don't know where she. People say to me, I don't know where you find the energy from. Well, it was from my mum. Yeah, you know, she was in the WI and she ran a business and she, she just did so much for other people all the time, and until she couldn't. I think that's yeah. She's yeah. She's my inspiration. Oh, I love that. And it's, it's- I'm 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 actually sitting here. Well, you can't see it on the video, but I'm sitting here with a very big baggy fleecy purple cardigan over my knees because it's really cold. And it's been in my office for a few years when, when we cleared out the house, when, when dad died, I found it. And like, I'm having that. It's my mum's, and I'm, I've got it over my knee. And I have it in the office all the time. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, that's lovely. And it is incredible when you look behind the surface and you re- recognize, actually, there's been this huge inspiration that is driving what I do, and, and whether consciously or subconsciously you're aware of it, when you just take a moment to think about it, it's like wow, okay, and you make that connection. And she clearly was the original Nike strap line of of j- just do it, you know, yeah. way ahead, way ahead of that their, their advertising yeah. company. So clearly there was also this sort of marketing micro script element of her as well, which was to to make things very clear and short and to the point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely, very definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd never, I'd never really thought about it like that. She, she always called herself a bear of little brain, Pooh bear. And I remember it's about 2014. I was working with a new business consultant, and we'd worked out between us, we'd worked out a new. My, my business was going through a bit of an upheaval at the time and needed some serious looking at, and. Jonathan and Patrick and I we we worked out this new business plan and I went out for supper one night with my mum and dad and I said I've got this new business plan and mum said bear of little brain I, I I won't understand it I drew it on a napkin in the pub and it became known as the napkin business plan and I think from then on you know if, if I can't draw out my business plan on a napkin <laughs> and I'm not it's it's too complicated and and just that realization of of for me being able to simplify it to to show mama what what it meant and for her to get it. That has, yeah, that has driven me in, in the marketing I help my clients with it. Keep it simple, take the jargon and the waffle out, think about who the client is and I'm having to do this a lot with writing the book, be thinking about who's going to be reading the book and make sure that I'm not, when I first started writing the book, I realized I was going much too sort of highbrow, and I've really scaled it down. And I keep sometimes when I'm doing the writing, I'm thinking, it sounds a bit basic. And then I think, yeah, but I've been researching this for seven years, and somebody else is going to be reading it for the first time. They've got to be able to just pick it up and, and understand it. So, yeah, I learned, 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 learned a lot from my mum, definitely.
0: Yeah, and A.A. Milne, clearly, because, you know, Winnie the Pooh is an incredible inspiration and uh, the the messages in those books were phenomenal and I'm thinking now like you're braver than you believe stronger than you seem and smarter than you think so you know that poo bear brain actually as it was a way smarter than he let on definitely very definitely yes and if that's your mum then even more so so Uh tell, tell me more Chantal tell me more about what it is that the the focus on why means to you and the legacy that you want to to leave or or to live
1: I think without a focus on why and without a focus on without without focus on why there are no goals and without no without goals there's no direction I remember doing a course quite a few years ago and on the last day of the course it was kind of a personal development thing and on the last day we were allowed to invite people and I invited my mum and dad and I remember my coach at the time saying to my dad who was probably in his 70s what, what are your plans what are your goals for the rest of your life and my dad laughed and said why would I have goals at this age and I remember thinking that was quite sad because I'm gonna be having goals up until I'm about 95, whenever it is I die falling off a horse. Um, so I think without without goals, we we meander and it's difficult to run a business without goals. I think also it's difficult to have a life without goals. You know I, I have goals of, of how many weeks of skiing I want to do a year and how many other holidays and what I want to achieve with my horse and what I want to do with my business. So I need those goals to keep me going. But in order to set the goals, I think if you don't have a why, and you don't have a purpose. You, it would be very difficult to set goals, and difficult to set the right ones because you could end up setting goals that other people impose on you. Now, other people saying, "Oh, you should do such and such." The trouble I've got into in the 22 years of business, when other people, friends, relatives, business coaches have said, "Right, what you should do is," and I've gone, "Okay." and come out the other side going flipping out that was a waste of time and money so I don't listen to other people's advice anymore uh, particularly not when it comes to setting goals it's there so I'm doing this because this is what I want to do and this is what's important to me so yeah there's too much too much meandering without goals and no goals without purpose that's what I think anyway
0: and it's interesting you mentioned that you had a a mentor who helped you to define your purpose from from a perspective of articulating it because it was probably already there but it was just vocalizing it out loud to to others but also to yourself was there a shift for you in that moment or was it a case of oh, how did you feel
1: there, there was there was a shift i'm i'm a very visual person and i have uh, my my coach ian talks about a purpose triangle and he has this brilliant process that he takes clients through and we work through it and on my wall in the office I have my purpose triangle it's actually a purpose triangle because there's a cat at the top get it purpose um but sorting that out so having having it it was fun creating it with him and cutting out and sticking down and it's on the wall so it's a bit of a reminder but I also looked at it and went oh that's what I do you know, it's not earth shattering. My purpose is not to get men on the moon or to cure cancer. My purpose is to help and support other people. Now, if that helps get people on the moon or helps cure, cure cancer, then great. But I, I think I was struggling when I did this work with Ian because I was struggling to know what I was supposed to be doing and where I was supposed to be going. And it was it was just a kind of a bit of a, oh, well, actually, that's quite simple. I like that. And it, it just made... It made the path much clearer.
0: Very definitely, yeah, bit
1: of a light bulb moment.
0: Now I've heard of a porpoise, but I haven't heard of a purpose. That that's hilarious. And uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I I I collect I collect Christmas cards, birthday cards, old calendars. I cut out pictures. I stick them on things. I make birthday cards for people. And in my collection of of goodies, when I was doing this this kind of collage, I found. little i think it's something that it's it's got a toothpick on it and a little picture a little sparkly cat i think you're you know you're supposed to stick it in a cake or something but it's it's stuck on the top of my purpose triangle purpose
0: (laughs) so tell me passion and positivity was something that you you said earlier and in using it in the emotion of the work in the purchasing and in the buying of products and Mm. services passion and productivity and positivity for you explain why that that's a driver why that's important it's what gets me out to bed in the morning I think
1: I think if I I love running my own business because it gives me the freedom to do what I love doing I Was never very good at working for anybody else. I only ever managed to work for anyone else for about 18 months. I think that was that was the longest I managed. And then I got sacked or made redundant or I walked out and a half because I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. Whereas now when I wake up in the morning and if it's cold or it's raining or I've got a hangover, there is still that, yeah, but there's stuff to do. And there's stuff that I want to do, and there's stuff that I, I might have. Half a dozen calls booked in with clients or whatever, but I still have the freedom to say yes, I am going to do them, or no, I'm not, or actually, the sunshine, shining, I'm going to go riding today instead. So I, th- I think having having the freedom of my business, I don't know. There's, I, I guess, I guess my, I am, I am really passionate about helping and supporting other people. So that's that's what keeps me going as well. So it's it's not just about having a purpose. It's about having a purpose that you truly connect to that you will fight for. And, that, you know, I guess it's part of my values, which is why if somebody comes along and says, will you help me to promote cigarettes or guns, whatever? No, absolutely not, because it's not helping anyone else. Am I answering the question? <laughs> yeah. And,
0: well, what I was also just reflecting on was how being thrown off a horse started your career. And you're also saying that it's actually going to end your life because you're, you're going to be thrown off your. So your 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 horses are defining your lifespan for you and the way that you're living your life. And knowing that they're quite they're well, they're incredible sentient animals, mm. what is it that you are speaking to them about in this way? Ooh,
1: I, I have I have two horses and my my older horse who. At the time of talking to you now is is in the middle of a six-month rest break because she's she's injured but i i used i used to go out on long rides with her and must have she must have got bored stupid by listening to me wittering on about my business being able to go out riding go out for for an hour or two was a fabulous way to to clear my mind i would you know people talk about having ideas in the shower my my good ideas come to me when i'm riding I solve problems when I'm riding because I'm not having to think about anything else so so she's she's been fabulous for that um and at that point she walks into view they're they're in a field I'm really lucky they're in a field just pretty much outside my office window and she's just walked into view my my other boss is young I've only had her for about four months and she is she's very different I wanted something very different she's learning she's a baby and what I've had to, to do with her is go right back to basics and you know it, not expect to be able to go and canter around a field and not expect to be able to ride her past a bus you know you, you just it's a complete change and I, I have to be really patient with her and if she wants to stop and look at something we stop and look and then I say okay come on let's go um she's yeah the the going back to basics is really interesting because I think that's where I am with my book as well and it's the same with marketing it's about keeping it simple not overcomplicating it and it's and it's about making tiny improvements I have a a fabulous client who's a triathlete and she talks about millimeter improvements and Maisie and I are making millimeter improvements every day something gets a little bit better by a couple of millimeters or a couple of couple of centimeters so also she's a you know she's a long-term project she's five and i will probably still be competing and riding her in 15 years so i need to look after her now to make sure she kind of goes all the way all the way through i'm not necessarily planning to die falling off a horse at 95 but i i you know if i can still be riding at 95 that would i'd like to be like the queen you know going going out for quiet rides on gentle ponies in my in my dotage
0: Oh, you just brought back that image of that lovely little fell pony at the funeral. Oh, my goodness. That that broke me. That was that was heart melting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Give me goosebumps again. But it (laughs) is about this partnership that you have with with people, but also with animals and the bonds that you form. And very often when people have come on the show and they've talked about the the bonds they've had with animals they have been incredible and we have Mm -hmm. had one horrendous horse riding accident uh, back with Sam Farrow uh, quite a few episodes ago now Mm -hmm. and and that has stopped her from riding forever Mm -hmm. because it was just so traumatic yeah but there there are other people who have formed relationships and I went on a incredible leadership day with horses mm. and they teach they can teach you so much because okay. you go into that yeah. arena and you cannot fake anything with a horse because mm-hmm. they will see it coming a mile away <laughs> yeah not that I was trying to fake anything but just that you you have to be in there as your entire self mm-hmm. yeah so knowing that you know you can be vulnerable you can be who you are and if you're not the horse will find you out mm-hmm. what would you say the the biggest lessons you've learned have been from your riding and, and being with your beautiful horses De- definitely about
1: authenticity you can't hide anything from a horse you can go up to a horse going i'm confident and the horse goes no you're not and boots you out of the way they, they just know uh, you can you can try to fake it until you make it and they will see right through you, um, which is really quite funny. I've, I've I've been on training courses where I've watched people go and go, oh, yes, I can do this in the horse. Like no chance. With with Maisie, my young horse, I realized at the beginning of the year that I was getting really nervous when I was riding her. And. Actually, I I thought she was being silly in traffic and I Started kind of analysing things and thinking, no, hang on, it's not her, it's me, and I've actually narrowed it down to one quarter-mile stretch of road where if a car comes be- from behind us going faster than I'd like it to, I kind of I tense up, and so she tenses up, and I've actually managed to narrow it down to that one small track of road, and it's only going in one direction. It's only when they're coming past me down the hill, going up the hill the other way, they're fine because they all slow down because they can't see past us. So it was really interesting. I've, I've learned with horses that you you can't be thinking about what's the horse doing wrong? It's what am I doing that needs to change? And that is actually a huge lesson for life and, and, and business and, and everything as well. It, it's not about blaming the horse or the other person. It's okay, what do I need to do differently? And I've I've had some really lovely rides with her. I, I got to the point of thinking, I don't really want to ride her. And I was putting it off. I would ride, but I'd put it off until the afternoon. I was I was out first thing this morning. It was freezing cold, and it was gorgeous, and I was really looking forward to riding. But I'm still having to work on. We didn't. We went up the hill today, not down the hill. But I'm still having to. Every time I hear a car, I think get out of your head, get the breath down into into down into your body, big belly belly breath, and I relax. And she goes, Oh yeah, it's all fine. So yeah, they are they are amazing teachers about all sorts you can't you can't rush it either you can't make a horse do anything you have to ask nicely and you have to know how to ask and you have to sometimes you have to ask two or three times and then you have to say thank you when they do it. and there's they a
0: reason why teachers. yeah they are brilliant teachers and there's a reason why you say you, you can't you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink yeah absolutely yeah 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 and it's the same with dogs. I mean, you you are mm-hmm. a dog owner. You're a, you're a cat owner. In fact, you've got an entire menagerie at, you, in yep. an Apple Tree <laughs> cottage. But it is the same with dogs as well. A lot of people mm-hmm. talk about the training of dogs and say, "Oh, my dogs really badly behave." It's like, no, just just a bad trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I tend to I tend to laugh when I see badly behaved badly behaved in inverted commas dogs. It's not them. It's, it's the owners or the training that they haven't had. So, um, yeah. yeah. So- they're good teachers too
0: so Birmingham in 2023 here you come Bali 2024 a Mm -hmm. year later where's 2025 going to
1: be oh I haven't even thought that far ahead Amy let let me get this next two years what what (laughs) I will probably do though is I will probably get to get to Birmingham at the end of October this year and by then I will have the next the next the next bit of plan by then, I will have been in business for 25 years. It might be time to stop. I, I have various charities that I support. It might be time to to finish the business and go off and do marketing for one of them. I don't know. It's, it's a really, it's, it's it, this is kind of, I'm calling this chapter two of my life. I've just turned 52. Uh, chapter two started when I was about 50. And it, it's it's exciting. I, I don't know where it's going in three years time, but watch
0: this space. It's going to be fun. Amazing. Oh, I love I love that. Chapter two. Fantastic. Well, enjoy. Enjoy. There's going to be lots of excitement, I'm sure, with all the travelling and the adventure that you mentioned. Yep. Chantelle, how could people reach out and get in contact with you, please?
1: They can get in touch through my website, which is appletreeuk.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Here's a challenge: search for Chantal Cornelius, C H A N T A L. That spelling, Cornelius, in the UK, because yeah, I am the only one in the UK, uh, and connect connect with me
0: there. Well, I'll put both of those links into the show notes, so they'll easily find you. So no problem. Or, or maybe that spoils the fun of a challenge. But
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go for the challenge and see. See, put the put the website in, but we'll see if they can rise rise to the challenge on LinkedIn. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing why you do what you do and why you are who you are. Absolutely fantastic. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And I will be seeing you in Birmingham, Bali. So, yeah, let's see where it will be in 2025 that we also spend our time with the Professional Speaking Association. Do you have some final words for the listeners, please?
1: Final words. I'm on a mission to change the face of marketing. I'm really tired of marketing that's about features and benefits, marketing that doesn't connect with our clients. We need to listen to our clients. We need to listen to what they're saying, to what they're feeling. We need to really understand what they're feeling and then work with them to, to provide that, you know, rather than trying to sell something to somebody because we think they ought to have it. So that's those those would be my final words. Help me help me on my mission. Look out for the book, which will be due out coming out uh, probably summer or autumn 2023. And and help me help me
0: change the face of marketing. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.